0: You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, founder and principal attorney at Sapphire Legal, Teresa McQueen.
1: Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, we are talking with Katie Wormsley, Vice President of Engineering at the social media management company, Buffer. Katie's co-authored numerous publications, including a comprehensive guide to building, managing, and adapting to working with remote teams, aptly titled, Remote Work. With a 100% remote workforce across 15 countries, Katie is definitely the person to talk to about the remote work environment. I can't wait to hear her thoughts and insights. It's gonna be a great show, we'll be right back.
0: The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to our listeners and welcome to Workplace Perspective. Katie Wormsley, how are you? Hi, very well. Hi, Teresa. It's lovely to be here. We're super happy to have you on the show, and I'm really excited to talk about this topic. It's... It's mm-hmm. always timely, but right now, it's, it's very timely. It's really, really topical. So before we get started, though, I, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you, who you are, and what you do?
2: I'm Katie Wamsley and I'm VP of Engineering at Buffer, a completely distributed social media management software company. So we build software to help marketing teams save time with their social media campaigns. I manage a team of around 40 software engineers and five engineering managers and uh, our office is nowhere and everywhere. We're completely distributed and have been from day one. So. I'm very excited to share with your listeners how we have built a really strong culture that's known for being a good place to work, listed in numerous great places to work guide, like Inc. magazines, Top 50 Workplaces, and oh, great. yeah, and completely remote from day one.
1: That's great. Well, we love Buffer. Mm-hmm. Helps us out a lot. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to start out, uh, this show goes by so quickly, but I want to start out by sort of talking about some of the myths and some of the pitfalls of remote work so then we can get to talking about the really good stuff and how positive it can be.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, one of the biggest myths I hear um, is when people say to me, how do I know people are really working? And I think that's one of the biggest misunderstandings around remote work that people are more likely to slack or if actually they're less productive and that's Mm -hmm. so untrue. Remote workers, are more productive than in-office workers. And there's a famous study done by Nicholas Bloom, a professor at Stanford, that showed that remote workers got on average six days worth of work done in five. And there are some, you know, good organizational reasons for this. Remote workers are far less likely to be interrupted. They're more likely to have comfortable working environments. Um, But there's also a dark side to that where remote workers are actually likely to overwork and to burn themselves out because they're very worried that their boss, Mrs. How do I know you're working? Right. Is in fact not trusting them. So they tend to overcompensate as well.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we're all experiencing that now. I think I really do. I've said this on the show before, but COVID has really brought the future to us faster than we anticipated. And I think before people would go, oh, yeah, right. Now people are like, oh, yeah. I do. I feel I've had more people tell me that they feel like they are working harder. Because they're working at home, but it's a different dynamic. So those of us that work at home all the time kind of know that. But when you're new to it, it's sort of like hitch upside the head and this idea that, So when do I stop? <laughs> how do I stop? stop what that. do I do? How do I you know, how do how does that happen? So it's mm-hmm. interesting statistics.
2: Yeah and setting boundaries um you know people say it's very important to have a, a work routine how to stay productive but it's very important that you have boundaries around where is your personal life um, because you can very easily go from I um, work from home to I live at work so don't don't do the second one
1: right yeah are there any other sort of big myths that are out there or any any huge pitfalls?
2: I would say a big pitfall around remote work is um, that people will naturally start um, treating each other a little bit more distantly. People can easily be seen as just resources, inputs, avatars on a screen. It's easy to lose that human connection. Um, and I also see that um, on our team at Buffer, and I've heard about this um, you know, in speaking at conferences and having conversations with people that remote work teams um, sometimes struggle to build trust. They'll be overly polite, formal, because you're not going to be able to restore the relationship in the break room later if you end up getting in a bit of a lively discussion. So people can actually tend to really err on the other side and be extremely agreeable, extremely polite. And that comes at the expense of having a healthy debate and exchange of ideas.
1: So how does that, I've noticed that a lot. Um, yeah. so I know I have a lot of clients who are onboarding people At this time. I know a lot of people losing their jobs, but there are some companies who are still onboarding mm-hmm. and I've kind of noticed myself. I've, you know, I've got some, uh, I'm on some new committees and I've met some new people and it's kind of hard to connect with people. And then there's that idea in the workplace that I don't know if you can recreate. I'd love to hear how you guys sort of handle this. The idea that, like you said, that, that, break room sort of discussion. Like how mm-hmm. do you, how do you capture that spontaneity or how do you capture that? I don't know what it is that we get when we're face to face.
2: Well, one of the things we do do is we make a lot of time in our meetings to start off with a bit of casual chit chat. That's something that will instruct all of my managers. It's very important to start the first five minutes of your meeting with nothing important, just chit chat, banter, how are you? Mm -hmm. We also do traffic light check-ins. So like, I'm feeling green, I'm feeling yellow, I'm feeling red. And people can optionally say why, but they don't have to. Um, And so these two things help to humanize the situation a little bit. And when there's a bit more of a human element, people are more likely then to connect serendipitously, you know, over chat. Ask for a quick call. Um, There's research from Google on psychological safety from Google's rework arm. That starting a meeting with that amount of chit-chat is actually one of the indicators of high-performing teams. Extra true in remote settings. And then another thing we do is we encourage um, informal random calls. So we have a little Slack integration. It's called Donut Bot. It works for Slack. And it will randomly pair people up across the organization for a 30-minute chat you know, nothing, um, nothing serious, nothing work related. You can grab a coffee and you'll just chat to Kyle from accounting and, you know, how are you, what's happening in your life? Yeah. So that, that is one way. I mean, it's not serendipitous, but it's a way that we have that cross-pollination. Yeah. And then
1: in that, does that include everyone in the organization? So even upper management can be paired up with
2: someone or? Yeah. Upper management is very much uh, encouraged to do this. You can't opt out of this. So people tend to opt out if they're on vacation or um, if they're, you know, just back from parental leave and they really just do not have time, you know, like we understand. Um, But it's something that we strongly encourage in our organization. That's really cool. I love that idea. It's neat. Yeah. How do you deal with... So you've got people
1: all over. So how do you deal just with time zones alone, with that sort of yeah spontaneity and trying to do those things not just not only just the regular organized meetings but sort of the other stuff
2: yes time zones are a whole other ball game i would say that they make um they make a remote work team a lot more difficult if you have very far just to be the time zones what we try to do is we will try to run our meetings in several different time zones and for things like in all hands where I mean, it's going to be 2 a.m. for someone. We've actually got a new system, which we call all-hands watch parties, which we will break up into time zones. The all-hands will be a series of recorded videos kind of mashed up together. And then there will be a scheduled time when that whole time zone will do all-hands with a facilitator, everybody watching live, everybody chatting to each other. Um, so we have these watch parties. And that's the way that we've you know, most recently gotten around time zone challenges but it is difficult you know because people are not going to want to you know play jeopardy at 3 a.m that's not fun you know um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow that's interesting
1: yeah. does i know buffer doesn't do it you're 100 remote right 100
2: yeah okay
1: but tell me how do you feel about the idea because it's so forefront now this idea of remote working and all that but what do you think about these hybrid ideas or the idea where employers are saying, we don't care if you ever come back or if you want to come back, you can come back. How do you, how do you feel about that? Integrating? Yeah, I mean, my
2: two? yeah, I mean, my previous job was in a hybrid organization where I was remote and a lot of people were in the office. I think it's more difficult than either being all in the office or all remote, but it's so popular these days that I'm actually hearing organizations call themselves remote first. And often a remote first organization is a hybrid organization, so there is an office, but The offices are regarded as um, more social hubs. They are there for the convenience of um their teammates. They are not the primary place where work is done. That primary place is happening online. And I've heard a lot of success from these remote-first organizations. Um, A big one up here in Canada that's doing this is Shopify. Um, So they have offices, but people are able to work from home. They are going remote-first now. And they actually structure it so that people who are in the same physical office are never on the same team. So you might be sitting with Alice and Bob and Jane but you actually don't work with them. These are people that you might grab coffee with or have lunch with, but your teammates, they you know, might be in Ottawa and the Yukon and wherever else. And the reason I'm hearing that this structure is working really well is it forces that the information exchange to happen online where everyone has access. And the office is there to facilitate the social work environment um, that a lot of people do need. I mean, 100% remote work is not for everyone. If you're very, very extroverted, probably experiencing this with COVID, but you're going to go a little stir crazy. So um, this hybrid model is very popular and with employers and also with um, employees as well.
1: Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. I, I wanna go back to something you mentioned on the, mm-hmm. on the um, during the meetings uh, and then we'll, then we'll cut to a break, but you talked about red light, green light, yellow light. So tell me a little about where that comes from. And I also wanna know if you do training Since you are 100% remote, do you do training on how to be a remote employee successfully?
2: The answer is, I'll tell you off to the break, and yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to take a quick break. If we come back, we're going to hear the answer to that question. We'll be right back. Stay with us. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Information about children with this disease is limited, but they are known to have had mild symptoms. Many organizations are responding accordingly, depending upon their area. It's best to stay home and away from others, especially when sick, and continue following healthy hand wash guidelines, covering mouth and nose and not touching your face or high-touch surfaces. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces regularly, and for more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us. Like us give us a review on your favorite podcast app it sure means a lot to us and it ensures that more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere welcome back everyone we are talking with Buffer's vice president of engineering Katie Wormsley about working remotely and she promised us an answer so what's our answer
2: yeah, so training we do for people um, coming into a remote environment around meetings, check-ins. So, yes, as I'm sure you're all learning, um, you know, with COVID-19, it's very important how you conduct yourself in a virtual meeting. It's important that you wait for a pause and allow there to be a breath in the room before you speak. Otherwise, everyone talks over each other. Um, We sometimes use the raise hand feature in Zoom in larger meetings, um, so that people are aware of when to speak and make sure that a meeting has three roles. Um, You can look this up on the internet, but a meeting should have a facilitator who keeps you on time, keeps you on the agenda, should have a note taker, Ideally, this is somebody um, who is not going to be needing to participate a whole ton And this, ro- this note taker should rotate. And be careful about making it a woman. Women always get the short mm-hmm. end of the stick with the secretarial work. No, choose exactly. a guy. Um, no stereotyping. And then, <laughs> you hear no, that? No stereotyping. Yeah. No legal advice, but no stereotyping. Uh-huh. And then the last one in the meeting is a kind of an interesting one. It's a gatekeeper, so somebody who is able oh, to yeah. kind of yeah, so somebody who who is able to sort of say, okay, well, um, we're going. We've heard enough from you, Teresa. Thanks. Um, let's hear a little <laughs> bit more from Katie. So it's somebody that can really sort of. Keep And that role should rotate as well because it can be a a tense uh, role to play. So we have these meeting roles and we do train people on how we expect, you know, to to listen, um, how we expect people to speak in meetings. And then the red, green, yellow traffic light check-in, where that comes from. Um, I actually don't know exactly where, but it it originated outside of the workplace. It's like a therapeutic concept, which I actually use in my personal life as well, you know, because sometimes somebody is not yet able to say all how they feel, but you want to know, are you kind of... At a meltdown stage, you're having a terrible day. You know, new puppy had you up half the night, and then you know you're late for school, and then your kid managed to staple their forehead, and it's just like (laughs) so bad. Um, Well, that's pretty specific. My My sister did this when she was young. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, I don't know how. Next topic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you might just say, like, I'm red. And then, you know, your coworkers are going to know, okay, well, don't take it personally if Katie's a bit snappy or she didn't get back to you on a thing. She's having a day, you know. And I'm not saying here be unprofessional. It's just... Right. being more intentional with that human element that you bring to work you know if you're green okay well maybe that's a great day to throw something someone's way or say like hey i really need help on this get some feedback that you're waiting for a good time you know so that explicitness can help a lot with um having more kind of honest um real relationships when you're not in the same room
1: yeah absolutely that's what i was thinking i love that yeah. and the idea that you don't have to explain anything you don't, don't, don't want to get know. too personal and you don't want to get off topic yeah. and all that. But that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit um, because I know that uh, it's my understanding that Buffer is, is quite a leader among companies that are facing head on the issue of mental illness um, in the workplace. So yeah. I would really love to hear about how you guys are, are handling that
2: yeah and one of the reasons that we are so invested in this topic we talk about it a lot is that remote work teams are more likely to experience mental health issues because people yeah because there's a lot of research on this but people who are socially isolated like they're they're literally by themselves at home they tend to experience the psychological like emotional state of loneliness and lonely people are more likely to experience clinical anxiety and clinical depression so like actual um disorders where it's going to affect their everyday life it's going to affect their work performance um so it's sort of like you're working in an asbestos mine here you know um i'm all for remote work i think there's a lot of benefits but one of the costs is that if you are by yourself all day humans are just not evolved to be by ourselves all day there's something primal in your brain that goes i am going to die (laughs) and people start getting (laughs) mental health illnesses yeah um so yeah we talk about it Quite a lot. Um, We normalize things like um, seeing a therapist. I see a therapist weekly. It's in my work calendar. It's just something I do, like going to the dentist or, you know, having my regular health checkup you know it's like yeah i'm going to do this it's a healthy thing to do it helps me mm-hmm. stay healthy we also give our managers quite a lot of training how do you manage somebody that has anxiety or how do you manage somebody that has depression now that is tricky and as a workplace it's important that you train your managers because they're often on the front line in a one-to-one meeting saying how are you Teresa? and then what if she answers honestly what if she's like oh my, you know the manager's right. not equipped you know <laughs> exactly yeah nice little little package i just dropped on you hi yeah hi how are you like oh well i'm having suicidal thoughts now what do you do you know i mean yeah like it's funny but also horrific so it's very important to train your managers and then the last thing is make sure that you are clear with your employees about the benefits that you're offering are there in or out of network psychologists are you offering um coaching or counseling um we use a um an app called Modern Health that people have access to, which has got a lot of mental health um, things. It's got access to psychologists and coaches through the app. So um, figure out what your employees benefits and rights that they do have. And just one of the small things you can do is do that homework and then actually make your teammates aware so that at least they can reach out and use the resources that they have at their disposal.
1: I love that. I think there should be more of a dialogue for that. And I think we're gonna need it more and more now that those of us that are, you know, people who are not used to working uh, at home are now tough. experiencing it um, yeah. and probably having those questions because if if the only time you're seeing someone is during your meetings you are likely to say those things like because you got to say it to yeah. somebody and if there's yeah. nobody there I, I think that's awesome yeah. well in our last couple of seconds here last few minutes is there do you have any sort of tips for you know keeping morale up or maybe you know um preventing burnout from working from home um,
2: working remotely Yeah, I think one of my biggest tips here for like keeping morale up and preventing burnout is to um, not lose sight of kind of why you're all here. Like, presumably, you were excited about this job when you, you know, signed your offer like the first day. Um, You know, if if you're um, a manager at a company, this is a mission you believe in. So I would say try to not lose sight of the things that are bringing you together. You know, organizations exist so that groups of people can achieve an aim that is bigger than any one individual by themselves. So, as much as possible, you can remember why you're all are here, not sweat the details, the day-to-day, um, the hour-by-hour hour too much. Um, I think that goes a long way in general towards just being happier and healthier at, at work.
1: Well, I love it. Thank you so much. I told you it went by so fast. I have so many other things I'd love to talk to you about. <laughs> Maybe you'll come back and talk to us some other time. But Would thank you too. so much for being on the show and for sharing your, uh, all of your insights and your wisdom with us. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much, Teresa. That was really great.
1: If you want to learn more about Katie, you can connect with her on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash I N Kathleen. That's K A T H L E E N W O M E R S L E Y. You can also reach her on Twitter at Katie underscore W O M E R S. Check out Buffer's social media management capabilities at buffer.com. You can also connect with Katie on our website at sapphirelegal.com slash podcast. I also want to thank our listeners, my radio angels, James and the Nave at night, our team extraordinaire at Workplace Perspective, our engineer and producer, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Stephen Brissolini. So thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective. And until next time, keep raising the bar.